Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. podcast of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Uh, this is Natasha Legero. And Moshe Kasher. Thrilled to be here. Uh, Who do so- you guys like better? Who do you like? How would they? Thank uh. you. Oh yeah, women around the world, etc. Um... <laughs> Great to be here. Get we, used to it, dude. We, we sold out our first live taping. We're very happy about that. We're and, never doing it again. Uh, we are thrilled to be here. We've been in... Uh, Moshe made me drive here. I did. We did drive from here. From L.A. We, we, well, you save money that way. It's a nice... <laughs> so, yes, we've been on a camping trip. Yeah, we've been... This has been now uh, two weeks we've been in Colorado uh, exploring this hideous state. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> I, what an ugly, what an ugly place you guys live in, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's been pretty unbelievable. This is, uh, this is, it's been a, a pretty breathtaking trip, all in all, uh, and it's been, it's been pretty amazing. Uh, so basically, Moshe and I have a deal where we go camping, but then every third night I make him stay in a luxury hotel, um, and in return he makes me stay on something he's obsessed with. Does anyone know what BLM land is? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like BLM style. She's like Four Seasons style. So. I don't like the Four Seasons. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Is that, that's not bougie enough for you? I just find them a little boring. <laughs> but I will say, for those of you who don't know what BLM land is, this is Burning Man talk. It's the Bureau of Land Management, and it is free land that people can squat on and, and also practice their rifle shooting on. And it's not, you know, there's not, it's not governed by anything. Are you a gun owner? Because you sound like one. (laughs) (laughs) Practice their rifle shooting. No, I mean, look, I like a deal. That's what, that's what I can say. And BLM land is, is, is It's your land. You own the land. No, no one wants that land. You can camp on this land for free. Okay, here's a deal. We have a, we have a new baby. We just had a baby and, uh, wow. So uh, the no, baby's... no, 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 no. A lot, a lot of audiences will burst into immediate applause, but you guys, fucking ice cold. I like that. Well, the baby's a year and a half, and we took it with us. So the first night Please we... Please let... don't call our baby it. That is not... <laughs> we're not doing gender. That's right. Okay, all right. So we were... That's, I don't think that's how you don't do gender, by calling... <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are more nuanced ways to avoid the gender binary than it. But that one's the least confusing. Okay, so one of the things is at her age right now, we had to leave L.A. at 7 p.m. at her bedtime because we, I have an RV. It's like a kind of an, it's kind of an off-road RV. It's kind of like, it's pretty... Please sa- don't start talking about your RV right now. Well, if you saw it, you'd be like, wow, I didn't know Jews were allowed to drive vehicles like that. And it's pretty, wow, great laugh. It's pretty... I would say great laugh for a live podcast recording. I guess we'll scrap this recording. But, uh... So we had to leave at 7, and we... It, about about 6 hours... Like, we made her think she was going to bed. And she went to sleep, because we have to drive... We, have, we had a long way to go to get to Colorado. We had to, make some, we had to make some time on the first two days. Those were our big pushes to get to Colorado, because we really wanted to explore all the beauty that was here. And so we were about four hours outside of Los Angeles, approaching a place called Kingman, Arizona. And uh, we started Googling about half an hour outside of Kingman where we could stay. And, we, and did, we did read in an RV book, like, you're going to have a bad time if you don't have plans. That's right. Make, uh, <laughs> not making a plan is a plan to have a bad time. By the way, uh, thank you guys for buying tickets to RV and 101. We're glad you're here. <laughs> well, we usually start the podcast with a check-in, and, you know, I've almost gotten eaten by a bear twice. Okay, hold so on. I no, talk about don't it. jump the gun. So we, <laughs> we started Googling uh, places to camp near Kingman, and I did find 
a BLM free campsite. He's like, Google, because I'm like driving, or he's driving, so he's like, Google free place to stay in Kingman, Arizona. I don't know if I put it quite like that. No, that is what the search was. That's why this place came up. All right, so we found a campsite called Wild Cow Campsite. And and it was a BLM campsite, and it was 15 miles outside of Kingman. We were almost at Kingman. 15 miles feels like a reasonable amount of miles from where we were to camp. And it's, it said. And it was, I'm reading the reviews, and it's like, I got up there on my scion, in my scion. A little rough, the road is, they said, but not a big deal as long as you have clearance. I got clearance, you guys, okay? So we, we, we make a, deci- a, a decision. You agreed, let's go to Wild Cow, right? Here's the deal. <laughs> It's midnight when we pull off onto this dirt road that leads to Wild Cow Campsite. And it is, I don't know who this guy in the Scion was, but it was like, first of all, the moment you take the right onto this road, it shrinks down to a a one lane, absolutely impossible to turn around, even if you wanted to. Gravel, switchbacks, and no place to turn. Not gravel. It dirt road, rocks in the road, hard 180 degree turns with thousand foot drops. Our baby is sleeping in the back. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this about Natasha, but she's not, like, super afraid to criticize me. That's not... (laughs) That's not, like, one of her characteristics. We're on this road, we can't turn around, we're doing, I mean, I'm like scared. I'm, Natasha, silent. And I'm like, that seems really, really bad. Like this is the point where she should be like calling me a fucking idiot, maybe even an anti-Semitic slur, and nothing. And it's getting worse and worse and scarier and scarier. You can look down from the side of the vehicle to a ravine. I mean, it, and it's pitch dark. I'm terrified. I've never taken this. This is a new RV to me. I've never taken this thing on a road even half as, as gnarly as this. By the way, I was silent. I was doing a Buddhist chant. Uh, at a certain point, she speaks up and starts chanting in Sanskrit. And then I was like, oh my God, we are definitely going to die. She's calling out to her maker. This is so scary. We do arrive. There is literally no way to turn around. I mean, it was... This, and if no one is there. There's nobody there. We arrive at Wild Cow. We go to sleep. I'm shaking with adrenaline. I think... I mean, I can't go to sleep for hours. We get up in the morning. It is pretty beautiful, would you say? It's pretty it nice. It was fine. <laughs> I'd say it was slightly better than a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> Which, by the way, great place to stay for free if you're on the road in an RV. We get out of the truck, and we're like, Natasha's like, well, we should explore. Let's go explore a bit. And I'm excited because we made it. We're safe, I feel like. like we, get, we get the baby into this hiking backpack. We're all ready to go for a hike. We walk over to the like check-in uh, sign. There's a sign that reads, do you remember what it, what it said? There was a few. Oh, the kissing bugs? It said, watch out for kissing bugs. No further information. <laughs> and no internet. <laughs> yeah. no. It, uh, we found out when we got down to uh, civilization, kissing bugs have something called charga disease. They're a parasite that, that shits in your mouth and then like bores into the shit and then lives in your mouth and then kills you like six months later. So this might be the last live podcast taping we'll ever do. <laughs> And we decided to go for a walk, right? Yeah, and then, like, I would say, like, 12 steps into our walk. 12 steps in. We see uh, a big pile of shit. A big pile of scat of some sort. I say scat because I'm kind of a mountain man or whatever. And, <laughs> and we start we start looking up, and we're like, oh, my God, it's, it's bear shit. That's the only thing we can figure out. It's fucking bear shit. And it's like... Because I knew elk shit was, like, little tiny, like... Rocks. Right, and this was a big slop of something. You grew up with a pet elk, is that right? That's how you. So we're like, oh my god, fucking bear shit. We pack up the vehicle, we run back to the RV, we drive back. And the to drive sit, down was just as bad. Just as gnarly, but a little bit better because we had some light, and we just take off, and it's fucking. It, that was the the low point until we got to Telluride, piece of shit town that is, and. <laughs> 
we get to tell you right it's beautiful we're having a great time i mean it's a gorgeous place and uh, and we're having a really nice time and my friend andrew michon he's a comedian uh anybody he's from he was from here and uh he was like dude my family has land above telluride it's fucking beautiful you should go stay there it's like an amazing plot of land and, and we're like oh by the way i forgot one thing about the uh, bear shit as we're driving down the switchbacks we get about 45 minutes down the road and we're like still kind of scared of this bear that we just narrowly missed and we realized the place is called wild cow campground i'm like that was definitely cow shit there's no way that's got to be cow shit and we got to civilization we googled them both it was fucking cow shit 100 we ran from cows that is how city slicker los angeles we are yeah, but then it got worse. So then we get to Telluride, and we decide we're going to go stay, rather than stay at a nice campground in Telluride that we paid for, we'll stay on my friend Andrew's land. For free! Well, it felt like a good adventure. And here's the, here's the directions he gives. He does it, there's no, you, know, you know you're in a bad situation when you get, like, uh, latitude and longitude coordinates. Right, there was no address. No address, and I'm fucking loving it. I'm like, adventure. But of course we go up at night again because we spent all day in Telluride. We're driving up, and the, it gets more isolated, and there's, like, all it says the whole time is, like, what was the name of the ranch? It was some ranch. Like Heath Ranch. Heath Ranch. They own this part of the mountain and this part of the mountain. And we're driving up another gnarly dirt road, not even close to as bad as the wild cow one. And we get in the directions say, at a certain point, you will see a fence. And if you go to the river, you've gone too far. <laughs> and we go to the river. I'm starting to feel like a really bad parent. Yeah, it's definitely, like, that's a river. We're, t we're basically on Heath Ranch's mountain, driving back and forth for, for 45 minutes to an hour looking for this place. And he's like, when you, we finally did, we kept going to cell phone service and calling Andrew and being like, I can't find it. And he would turn us back around to find this little gate. And he'd go, we would go back and forth, and we, we went down this road. So, so we finally get down the road, but you have to say the thing. So, so we, get, we get to where Andrew says, right, and so then we, there's an abandoned, Van we and Moshe's like, This is it. No, we and I'm like, I am not having my baby and me sleep next to an abandoned van. Well, we do, it's it like it was like a 70s van. No, he straight up says, He says, Now, when you get on the road, there's going to be a turn to another road which will not look like a road. These were the directions. <laughs> It, uh, it did not look like a road. It was not a road. It was a field in the middle of a mountain above Telluride. So we, then we go back to call him again, and we're and like... And I go, I go, Andrew, bad news. We found the road that was not a road. But, by the way, when we turned and the lights hit that fucking tweaker van, we were so fucking terrified. We hauled ass back to the cell phone area. We call Andrew. I go, dude, bad news. There's a squatter living on your land. There we, there's like a meth van there. And he, what does he say? Oh, he was like, oh yeah, that's my brother's van. Yeah, that's my brother's <laughs> van. It's been abandoned there for years. I failed to mention that fucking landmark. So then we go back to the meth van. I'm still scared. We and then there's an abandoned cabin with the door open. Door wide open. She's, and Moshe's like, okay, we're going to sleep here. This is it. <laughs> we fall asleep. And we wake up to the sound of ATV engine just roaring down the road. And we come out, and it's fucking Heath. It's, it's Rancher Heath. Heath himself. I jump out of the vehicle. He's basically reaching for a gun. I'm like, I know Andrew. 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 And he goes, I don't know who that is. I finally explain to him what it is that's happened and why we're there. And he goes, okay, just so you know, there... I have hunters all over this mountain that called me last night that said that you were driving erratically back and forth on the mountain. <laughs> and we came out to check because one of those hunters shot a bear twice. No, he goes, my hunters are out this my, morning. My hunters are and out. And then he goes, I go, hunters? He goes, don't worry, it's bow season. Yeah, and he says... <laughs> He says, about 30 yards that way, in that bush, there's a wounded bear feeding on a dead calf carcass. I'm like, we got our fucking bear! He was eating a wild cow. And then he's like, don't worry, but people are really concerned for their kids. I'm like, well, I have a one-year-old At that me. moment, our baby's like, hi, rancher! So we made it to Denver alive, and we are here to entertain you, so thank you for coming out. But uh, I will 
would like to get a poll, like, because I one thing I learned about you, Moshe, that I'm a little confused about is you would rather, because I was telling my friends about this, and they're like, isn't a place to camp $12? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Like, Moshe would rather sleep in a Walmart parking lot than pay $12 that's, to camp somewhere with amenities for a child. That's a gross mischaracterization of who I am. I want to be in an adventure where we have risk of our daughter being eaten alive by a bear. That's who I am as an adventurer. Okay, are you guys ready to get the show started? Ladies and gentlemen, we have two very special guests, so please help me welcome our first guest from the Reply Guys podcast. It's Kate Willett, ladies and gentlemen. Give her a round of applause as she makes her way to the stage. And one of the stars of Grace and Frankie and the New Negroes on Comedy Central, Baron Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen. Here we come. Okay, you guys are our first guests who aren't in a relationship, so um, we're going to ask you maybe about your specific relationship. You mean we're not in a right. relationship with each other? I mean, right, not, not oh. specifically linked romantically, but what? Well, I guess our question for, uh, for, well, we'll start with you, Kate, is what is your core relational malfunction? What is your weak point when it comes to dating or sex? Or what, We've what been it? through Moshe's tonight. <laughs> I think I am open-minded to a fault. Uh, I think I... Uh, I, I really I like an adventurous situation. What this means in real terms is that um, I have found myself in many different relationships with uh, polyamorous clowns. Um, <laughs> well, when they all get out of that car at once, yeah. you got to date them all. <laughs> right now, I'm dating like three of my communist reply guys, and uh, they are good people, <laughs> and they know how to share. So, do you um, feel like the open? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you have pressure as like, you know, a leftist, socialist, feminist to be that open or do you think that you that's really where your heart is? I think no, I think it's I think it's an accident usually. Like I've moved into I, I like I've almost joined a few cults. I've joined um, I've moved into like three polyamorous communes by accident, you know, like I just like showed up and was like, oh no, this again, you know, and I guess I guess it is kind of a fool me once situation, but yeah. Let me tell you the vibe I'm getting from you right now, yeah. Kate. You seem like the kind of woman who would camp at a BLM campground without complaint, and I like that about you. That seems cool. I've, I've done it. I've connected with many people at Burning Man. Uh, yeah. Actually, Natasha, do you want to scoot down a few chairs? And... So what's what is uh, what is what is one of the situations that your extreme uh, lack? Oh, so you're basically saying it, your problem is that you kind of sometimes stumble into relationships with idiots, basically. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I also really pursue them. Uh, <laughs> How lucky for you, you pick stand-up comedy. You've got a fucking verdant field of yeah, people to choose like, from. But sometimes it's like going to uh, the grocery store hungry, you know? It's just... Uh, yeah, polyamory you know, seems like it well, would really I mean, work out. But it's not always polyamory. It's like even, like, if you want to date dysfunctional men or if you don't have a problem with it, like, stand-up comedy is a good place for that. Uh, <laughs> Why are you looking at me? We got married! No, you're cool. <laughs> Well, what yeah, about? yeah, I was just, I was contemplating what story I should tell, and a gross one came to mind. Um, tell us the gross one. We can oh, take no. it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, once, th and this was a long time ago. I have put this is behind me. This is in my past. I just want to say, uh, I did have a like a really big crush on this comedian. Like when I first started comedy, um, Dane Cook. No, <laughs> no, he. he uh, <laughs> He was he was not a good comedian at all, and that was part of it. Uh, he was like, but um, he you know before anything happens with us, I like asked him if he had been tested and stuff, you know, as you do as a responsible person. And, In a uh, polyamorous relationship with a clown, you have to, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, he was a polyamorous clown in his own way. He, like, pulls um, out an oversized yeah. AIDS test. He's like, is this what you're talking about? <laughs> but then I, th I think my rock bike... So, like, where Moshe and I, we both started comedy in the Bay Area, and there was uh, this laundromat there, that, like, all the open mics Oh, the at. Brainwash. The Brainwash Cafe. Sure. And, um, like, a few days after I had hooked up with this guy... 
uh, I just walked into that laundromat to do comedy. I was there to do comedy. And um, he not was. Not to search for a mate? No. Not in any direct way, but he was on stage talking about how uh, he had an STD, um, oh, an STI, no. and then like the next day I was like, oh, I guess I should go get tested, you know, but that was like a very rough way to find out it was time to you go You had to already had sex? Yeah, like a few days before that. And he, did he know you were there? He's like, fuck it, this is my A material, I can't <laughs> abandon it now. I think so, yeah. <laughs> was it a good joke? I don't think, no, not really. Was it a bad STD? (laughs) (laughs) It was curable with antibiotics. Uh, Hey boys, I don't have it anymore. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, that was, that was, that probably should have been my like, I'm not dating stand-up comedian thing. But you know, it's like, I feel like with, with stand-ups, like every time I say I'm not going to ever date another comedian, it always happens, you know? And I'm like, that's, I'm like someone's like friend who's like off and on the wagon a lot, you know, like, Oh, I'm never doing this again. You know when it's like? I am. We all know that. You gotta go back to that sweet, sweet open mic nectar. I get that. (laughs) You know what? Now I'm, I'm, I've, made a rule for myself. I have standards. I am not hooking up with any comedians with less than, like, maybe 10,000 Twitter followers. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Minimum. Kate Willett, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, give yeah. her a round of applause. Thank you for being on. So, Baron, you have two adorable children. I do, yes. And a lovely wife. Uh-huh. Are you guys, like, in, a, like, a basic-ass relationship? It's pretty basic. Uh, yes. Very basic. Okay. Basic. We get into fights. What do you think you guys fight about the most often? What's, what's your kind of core issue? Um, we fight mostly about the fact that neither of us had different childhoods. That's sort of what it comes down to. You mean your childhood is, was bad and hers was bad and you kind of fight over whose was worse? Not necessarily. It's that whatever is left over from those things just rub each other the wrong way. So it's like we have, we are incompatible trauma wise. (laughs) Our trauma is drama is what I mean. (laughs) And Baron, do you have a funny yeah. comedy anecdote about how your childhood trauma has uh, wrecked havoc in your current relationship? <laughs> do I have a funny anecdote? I mean, you know, when uh, you uh, <laughs> when, when your mom has a baby and your father leaves, and then she's mad at all men that look like your father, and then at some point you look like him. Yes. And then yes. And then love is conflated with anger for the rest of your life. So you date a bunch of women who are actually angry with you, but you think they care about you? Who's with me? You're tuned in to 97.7 The Bone. We're here with Baron Vaughn in the morning. Baron Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen, you thank you for joining us. But Baron, that was very articulate. You really kind of got it down. So, I mean... I mean, I understand it, you know, psychologically, but not necessarily emotionally. But it must help to have these, like, adorable babies where you're like, okay, I want to make sure that we have this, like, drama, trauma-free life for them. Yeah, they're the little cycle breakers, is what I call them. Does it feel like that? Does it feel like they've broken the cycle for you? It does, because there's nothing like looking in the face of a child and seeing how innocent they are. They're so amazing. They're like these little angels that don't know what Trump is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. They haven't experienced anything like, like, so it's kind of like, it's like, that's a pure person, you know, before all the bullshit. Like, I showed my baby today, like, how an automatic, like, paper towel thing comes at the bathroom, and she just, like, was, like, over the moon. You know, like, they don't know any, like, they don't know what a giraffe is. Like, it's just, like, it's but, so well, special. They don't know what a giraffe is. Our, our, the, the thing that we love the most doesn't know what a giraffe is, and the thing that Kate loves the most actually will make a balloon giraffe at a party, right? So... <laughs> What do you think? Should we get started and bring a couple up yeah, here? Yeah, thank to get you guys some... for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Give them both really a round of applause for joining us, and thanks for sharing your core issues. So we have uh, we have two couples. Let's bring up the first couple. I think are they? So we're not calling them. They're actually here. No, they are here with us, live in the flesh, to ask for That's our relationship amazing. advice. When they come up, would you guys mind scooting down all late night TV scoot? style? Okay. Uh, please we'll scoot right now. Please. But you guys, please, we're yeah. gonna all give. Yeah, them stick advice. around and, and roast away. We're here to make fun of these people as they become vulnerable <laughs> with us. So, <laughs> let's put our hands together for Harlan and Sarah from here in the Denver area. <laughs> Harlan and Sarah, here they are. Watch your step as you come up the stairs. They're a little wonky. They say. Make your oh, very good, very good. And, okay. and, and come sit next to us over here. Hi, hi there. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Sarah, you can sit here. And we actually. Oh, yeah, keep clapping. Yeah, there we go. It's our first live one. 
Okay. We, we haven't been briefed on what you guys' issues are. So are you guys a married couple? No, we're engaged. Where'd you guys, uh, where'd you guys meet? We met in college. Yeah. Yeah. Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, Bloomington, Indiana. Woo! Yeah. It's like the Berkeley of Indiana, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a cool city. You guys sure. are lucky. And you started dating in college? Uh, yeah. yeah. And how did you, did you propose to you her? You guys seem really young. <laughs> how old is he? 28. 28? Oh, okay. That's a normal That's age. fucked up. <laughs> She's like, you guys seem really young. How old is he? How old is that? Well, no, he just seems like he really... Looks yeah, he looks yeah. like he's 18 or something. Do you I'll know... Be, at a table uh, like a restaurant and they'll go around and take the drink orders and they'll get to me and they'll be like all right we need to see some ids like yeah because i look like a baby <laughs> you look like a fuckable baby from here You're hot. <laughs> no, I mean, he's a good looking guy i mean this is this is good so wait did he propose to you or did you propose to him no he proposed to how'd me. you do it um i had a little setup like in the park next to our house um and we went for i was like you want to go for a walk uh, before we go to dinner and she's like, make sure you bring your ID, little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Never leaves um, home without it. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, so there's like, uh, I had my friends set up there with like candles and flowers and we went for a walk and then it was like there. Um, so you had open flame in a park? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. She said that was like her first thought when she saw it. I was like, it. someone needs to put that fire out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't it funny how fire? quickly you can establish who the adult in the relationship is? <laughs> Okay, that's sweet. And uh, what do you do for a living? What I didn't ca- Harlan, right? Harlan, what do yeah. you do? I do radio promotion for a record label. Okay, and what about you? Um, I am a marketing specialist for a natural grocery store. Chain. Okay, all right, all right, cool. So you've been together how long now? Um, five and a half years. Cool. All yeah. right. Since you were what nine years old, sir? That's <laughs> awesome. And what would you say is the thing you guys fight about the most? What is it that you came here to have, get our advice from? Yeah, so we um, we were hoping to get advice uh, for how to not let Dungeons and Dragons take over our relationship. Wait, which Whoa. one? Wait, which minus one? three charisma on that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, which uh, which? Just to clarify, which one of you plays? Du- I'm just kidding. I know. Please take 100% a while. Percent, which one it is? Maybe the one with the black nail polish on. <laughs> Where? Uh, how often do you play? Um, I play about. Four, five times a month. Is that fair? <laughs> well, you play two times a week. <laughs> so it's not fair at all. And then, and then again once, once a month. Yeah. Wait, Wait, then wh- again wh- once a so month? Why did you, so it's nine times a month, but you're saying four or five. Well, that's kind of cool. He kind of separated the number nine out a bit. He's like, four or five? She's like, bitch, you mean four plus five? Nine. He's only nine. He doesn't. He's not great at oh, right. Yeah, you're still <laughs> learning math. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some games play more often than others. So no, that's the... You don't have to tell me, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't... Hey, you do have to tell me. I don't know. <laughs> wow, I, I'm surprised that you had the courage to bring him up here with Kate after Kate telling her story about the kinds of guys she likes. I mean, this... Yeah. Nine times... Nine D&D sessions a month, Kate's like, whoo! Well, I was going to say, I feel like most couples who have problems with too many board games in their relationships do solve it by getting into polyamory. (laughs) After a roll, of course. Two ten-sided die, one's red, one's yellow. You roll and say yellow. It's higher than you do it. So so do you, because I'll tell you how I relate to this. Like Moshe has a lot of like activities he likes to do. Yeah. He likes to camp. He likes to surf. He likes to go kickboxing. He likes yeah, to... Yeah, you know, things like D&D. Kickboxing, <laughs> surfing, camping. You like to play... Classic D&D type shit. You like, you like to play board games. He's always, like, going to do all this stuff, and then, like, I feel like my time is spent caring for our child. So, like, what? I just think... <laughs> know my free time is you know organizing her books or whatever and um, so I, I'm just saying it's, it is a little different but you guys don't have kids yet do you have anything that you love to do as much as he loves to do D&D no <laughs> find it definitely not yeah maybe really. that maybe that's the issue I mean maybe it's maybe, not about yeah. changing this uh, you know level four talisman warlock of power <laughs> maybe it's about finding the warlock of power of your own you know what I mean like, well one thing my friend told me when I was complaining about something you did I'm trying to remember oh yeah oh. let me see if I can help you jog your memory Natasha <laughs> no I think it was like um Maybe like all the Burning Man and all the RV hunting. All and, the like, Burning having Man. To, like always go. 
But, you know, it's like, she was like, well, my husband has his, like, tool shed that he goes to, and he's always, like, working on the cars, and, you know, it's like, at least he's not, like, fucking people. Yeah. No, definitely. I guess. I mean, that is, like, a good part of it. That is a very low bar, I guess, for... <laughs> well, I mean, it is tearing our relationship apart, but at least he's not actively cheating on you? Well, what's the worst part about it? Is, yeah, it, does, it does he, is he just, like, doesn't give you notice, or...? No, no, I mean, he has a, he has a very organized... Uh, Calendar? G-Cal, yeah, so it's on, it's always on there. Right, which I, I invite you to the G-Calendar. <laughs> what is your character that you play as? I mostly DM. You mostly DM? No, I, I Dun- mostly. Oh, Dungeon so you Master. do cheat on her. <laughs> very good joke, very good joke. Wait, can someone explain to a cool person what is DM? Yeah, I wonder, can anyone, can anyone here explain? I mean, perhaps I mean, it's the, the Dungeon Master. I know, I know what it is. Of course you do. I also do. Kate's like, DM means marriage material, I think. It's, it's the, he's the dungeon master, so I, you're the one that like makes up the little stories and like you tell everyone the rules so that they can do the little yes. LARP thing. Oh my Absolutely. god, I have the best idea. Okay. Bring it to the bedroom! <laughs> That's role-playing. That does seem pretty hot. It's like, would you like to role-play? I've been waiting my entire life for you to ask me that. Just once, yeah. like, give it, give, can you give her a little bit of it in, in the bedroom, and then, would like... You, or would, would you rather me be the DM? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. yes! Having an active sex life, I think, is the most important thing in a relationship. Oh, yeah. I, Motion I, fucks real good, or I would yes. not. <laughs> All the RVing has been worth it. If you had been at wild... my child be eaten by a bear. Yeah, if you'd been at Wild Cow Canyon at some point in the last two weeks, you would have heard a braying, not from a cow. But uh, <laughs> wait, I do love the idea of you DMing because you could get like real freaky too. You'd be like, you know, as you turn around the corner of the verdant field you've been walking through, you see a pansy little bitch boy with black fingernail polish bent over a rock ladling bear honey onto his supple little buttocks. I enter you from behind. Roll your dice, motherfucker. <laughs> and I think that you could, you could maybe follow your passion, just like find a passion a little bit more, and you should have a five times a month maximum. I like this idea. What do you guys think? Is that, that seems like a reasonable yeah. amount. That's cool. Have you ever invited her to play? She does play. Oh, you yeah, play? She's recently started playing. Wait a minute, Benedict Arnold over here, what happened? <laughs> What's your character? What do you play as? A nagging wife? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not yet. We're not there yet. No, what is oh, you don't have a character yet? No, I, I have a character. What is it? I play a ranger, which apparently is like the, one of the lamer. You fucking misogynist no, pig. No, no, it is not true. I, oh. No, but I think my character is awesome. Uh, um, and I did, you know, I did that. Partly, I was like getting getting frustrated. I found myself getting frustrated because it was like anytime I saw you on your on your laptop, I asked you what you were doing, and I basically knew the answer was going to be D and D related. Um, so, so wait, even when he's not well, so when he goes to play, he's at he's at home. So he plays he plays in a online game. Oh with- my god! <laughs> Just when you thought D and D couldn't get more nerd centric. <laughs> It's online D&D, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, this is, like, to preface this, you know, we had been together, I guess, at, like, like three and a half years yeah. at this point, and not one, at no point was he, like, I'm interested in, in D&D, and then all of a sudden it was, like, I'm interested in this is all I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, to no, be, I happened. used to be cool, which and then is, I started playing D&D. Fine, you know? To be fair, I love doing D&D, and I'm going to be doing dungeon mastering nine times a month. Is something that you say for after you say yes to the proposal. That's pretty important. But also, I think it's important to realize that this is kind of a universal thing. Like, when I met you, Moshe, remember you, like, brought all these foreign films over, and I thought that's what you were into, and then... Yeah, it was like, it was like the seventh seal was our first date, and our second date was... Rambo? Rambo, first blood. <laughs> They're both great films! And then I didn't know that you spent three to four hours a day watching, um... What's the one where everyone gets in a fight online? The videos? Worldstarhiphop.com <laughs> yelling from his laptop like I'm at the DMV give me back my money and then there's like people shooting and like it's 
it's a lot of fighting and it's humanity unfolding. That's right. Thank you, Baron. I mean, I think what Natasha's saying. The enemy saying, unfolding. What, what Natasha's saying is, I, I think, to correct me if I'm wrong, is that this is sort of a typical situation that a lot of couples find themselves in, which is that like as people grow and as people find interest, they don't, aren't always uh, the same interests. And it's kind of cool that you're playing also because yeah. like one thing we really think, we've, we've uh, talked to couples that have this issue before is like there's, there's one interpretation which is he's doing this thing or she's doing this thing that doesn't include me. There's this other interpretation and I, it sounds like you more have this which is like I have the freedom because my partner has this interest to kind of have some space and do my own thing. And I think that's the, a lot of oxygen makes for a, a, a hot fire. If that makes sense. So again, if you had come to the Wild Cow Canyon campground, you would have seen a hot fire. So give these two a round of applause. Thank you for coming up. Congratulations on your upcoming marriage. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys were awesome. Thank you. All right. So the next segment, uh, as they make their way They're down. They're not going to get married. No, they are. They're just going to get not get married in real life. They're going to get married online in uh, in the dungeon. Um, LARP. So. In the what? In a LARP. Oh, they're going to LARP marriage. Uh, live action, role playing, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry that I brought that up. <laughs> There's a great movie, a great comedy movie. It has a lot of LARPing in it called Role Models, if anybody wants to see this movie. All right, so he says a nerdy movie. He gets a big applause break. I say Rambo. You guys laugh at my pain. All right. Have you seen First Blood, Baron? Yeah, of course. It's a great movie, right? It's Kate, stupid. have you seen it? I've never seen it. It's horrible. It's a horrible film. All right, let's move on. He's in, okay. he's in Portland, Oregon, isn't he? He's in the Oregon foothills. The whole first Rambo is he's in Oregon fighting Brian Dennehy. <laughs> and then the second one is good. That is a controversial statement. The first one... All right, forget it. Let's move on. I'm like making fun of that guy. I'm like, he's such a nerd. That is a controversial statement. <laughs> to dare to say that Rambo 2, unbelievable. All right. Okay, so the next segment that we're going to do, if we're done talking about Rambo, is uh, we do this segment where people call in and they have some secrets. So maybe we'll hear their secrets and you guys might have some comments that you'd like to say. Um, can we all, can we start playing that? Yeah, let's play the first one. I guess my, my big secret right now is, so I go out, you know, with my friends and stuff and, uh, and they all think I'm, you know, some, you know, upbeat, bubbly, uh, you know, charming, outgoing individual. Uh, when in reality, it's literally just cocaine. <laughs> I don't know. I do it. Uh, I don't know. I have a tiny bladder. And I have to peel off to the bathroom, you know, uh, every hour, 30 minutes, whatever. Um, it feels kind of nice to say that. I've been kind of dealing with this forever. I'm like, you know, I don't want to be around them sober because, you know, they're not quote-unquote going to enjoy my company, I feel like. So I'm trapped in this uh, hell, and I'm sure I'm spiraling soon towards some sort of addiction. So, well, that's life. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like... The first part, I was like, comedy gold. The second part, I was like, call this man back. We have no means of contacting this poor fella. That was so intense. I love that he thinks he's fooling everybody, right? He's like... Yeah, everyone definitely knows. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's like coming out of the bathroom like... He's like, I think everybody thinks that I'm like such a happy-go-lucky type of guy. Everybody loves my boisterous personality. Let's not make fun of him, but... Don't yeah, he... what do you mean? He called in to be made fun of. But he was like, I guess I'm going to have to do this forever. It's like, no, you're probably going to do it for like three more months, right? Before it's like... Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's admitting to himself that he has a problem. So I feel like this man is on track to sobriety from cocaine. And then after a couple months of that, spiraling into sex addiction, probably. <laughs> I feel like this is transference, Kate. Is this not... <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, the thing about the thing about addiction—it's rarely the substance, but it's the thing that you're trying to hide, that you're trying to fill. It's always the hole. 
So this gentleman clearly has some kind of hole that he thinks that he can fill with cocaine and friendship. It's two holes, actually. It's one here and one here. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm confused because I have never, like, been in addiction therapy or anything. Yep. Like, don't you just sometimes just like to party? Well, that's a, that's a different that's a, thing. That's kind of exactly what Baron's saying, is that the sad part, when the entire audience felt as one, because we were having so much fun at his expense, and then the, tw the, the screw turned when he said, yes. I feel like I have to keep doing this in order to continue to be yes. the thing that I think I my see. friends want me to be. Right. So I don't have addiction issues. No, you don't. <laughs> only when you ask You're yourself... You're addicted to criticizing, I've noticed that. It's only when you ask yourself... Who am I if I don't fill in the blank? Exactly. So ah. clearly he's like, who am I if I don't do this thing and I'm not this person? So then he thinks that he has nothing else to offer if he's not in this cycle. And I I, see. You I, can do coke and then not do coke and you're fine. Well, you know? the truth is, like, uh, here's the good news if you're listening right now and you're doing coke. Like, there is literally the person who just called it, like, you think all of your friends think you're awesome because you're, like, doing coke and coming out and being coke guy. There is literally no one on earth I would less like to talk to than a person on cocaine. Yeah. It is the except for, like, a really heavy drunk, the, the worst drug to communicate with a person on is, like, fresh out of the bathroom coke guy. <laughs> just like, have you heard about me and me, me? There's an interesting fact about me. There's something cool about me, 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 me. I just want to fucking grab them and throw them back into the bathroom and say, do ecstasy. At least those people are affectionate, you know? I used to drink and do coke, and it's been like 10 years. And what I discovered, though, this is real advice, um, is that you like the stuff, if you stop that shit, the stuff that is fun will still be fun, and you'll just stop hanging out with your friends that are boring. Like, <laughs> that's great advice. Yeah. Okay, let's hear another secret. Um, hi, Moshe. Hi, Natasha. Um, so I'm not going to say my name because I'm going to give you a secret. Uh, once upon a time, I was in love with this boy, and I had a really good friend, and she was kind of my go-to um, to talk to about this boy who was straight, and I'm obviously not. <laughs> well... She kind of took everything I was telling her and ended up hooking up with him. But I was more angry with him, probably because I was with him, than I was with her. Um, so I kind of exacted my revenge. She was also my roommate at the time. So what I did was I actually masturbated into his shampoo. <laughs> um, in the last like few months we lived together, and he never found out about it. And that's my secret. <laughs> Wait, I was have. I, I think I got it. He liked a boy who was straight, and he confided in his female roommate. And then she fucked him. She fucked him. And the then he boy. fucked his shampoo bottle. <laughs> I like that he said he never found out about it. How would you find out about it? <laughs> this shampoo smells strangely like Brian's cum. Wait a second. I mean, probably didn't do great things for the guy's hair. I don't know. There's a lot of protein in it. That, that seems nice. This situation feels resolved to me. <laughs> like, feels like karmically even. And, yeah, fair yeah. enough. All right, let's play another one. <laughs> I'm calling to leave my secret. I was about 13 and I found a purple dildo in my parents' drawer. <laughs> and I wonder where this it. is going. And I put it back and I'm pretty sure my parents knew. Um, important detail that I did clean it before I put it back. Um, and I just have lived with this weird thing. I think about it every so often that my parents probably know I used their dildo, and I've never told anyone. It's just a fucking weird thing I did, so. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Wait, she fucked herself with her parents' dildo? She found her parents' dildo. She used her parents' dildo. There was a very large piece of information that was missing from this call, which is she's like, I'm pretty sure my parents know. How do they know? They're like... This smells like Brian's cum. <laughs> I 
wish I could go back in time and just tell that young woman to get her parents to buy her an electric toothbrush. <laughs> like the rest of us did as teens. I don't know. I felt I felt like she was traumatized by this secret until her goodbye. I was like, oh, she's like, her sexuality's all wrapped with this childhood memory. And she's like, bye! I'm like, she's fine. She'll do okay. Oh, that, that's her closing the door on the darkness. That's right. She kind of opened it. It's like, look in here. All right, no more. Um... I feel like maybe the parents know uh, because of dildo position. Um, but how would she know? Well, if you didn't put it back exactly as you found it, I mean, you know, if we've all seen we've all seen House. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, it's like um, misery that when he puts the penguin backwards, they come in. She didn't put the dildo in the cockadoodie position. <laughs> I guess that's too deep of a cut to be that funny. I'll get that. <laughs> I understand that. Okay, let's play another one. Let's play one more. I'm calling with secrets. So I'm a member of the clergy, and uh, I also uh, have not told my congregation that I'm bisexual. Uh, I also smoke a decent amount of weed, and uh, I'm almost certain that I'm an atheist. So, uh, yeah, I have things that very few people know, and that's that. That's a dope preacher. It just kept, it kept getting, it kept getting more intense. First, it's like, well, okay, you're bisexual. Who cares? You're probably progress. Oh, you're a stoner too. That's a- okay. You do not qualify for this position. Can I be real? I'd fuck the shit out of this guy. <laughs> he did sound kind of hot. Jesus, he's calling in from Fleabag season two. Yes. <laughs> to do a job that he has like absolutely no connection with like he's a man <laughs> that's part of our thing i know what i'm doing that's part of our thing <laughs> i know what i'm doing i'll give you communion come on over here <laughs> wait a minute this tastes like brian's cum <laughs> callback city everybody brian's cum is the blood of christ it doesn't matter he said congregation which makes me think he's a rabbi i'm feeling that he's a rabbi i don't know oh, what do you guys really? think what what religion do you think clergy i feel like that's some kind of christian yeah, that's what situation. i thought too. yeah it doesn't sound catholic oh, but catholic, catholic you can't be bisexual you can't be catholic what do you mean you can't be bisexual it depends where have you been that's greek unorthodox natasha's like by the way what's a newspaper no, i don't know what no, those are i'm saying i grew up catholic and they were they weren't supposed to have any sexuality. You're supposed to be asexual. Yeah, he's calling in saying that he's a, a hypocrite for a myriad like, of reasons. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this guy should find a new calling. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think it's the same thing as one applause. I think it's the same thing as cocaine guy. It's like you find yourself in this cycle where the thing that you have, the thing that defines you mm. now is starting to kind of rip your self-identity into it. And you're like, but I'm so deep into this. Basically, I guess what I'm saying is being in the clergy is like being a coke addict, basically. <laughs> Let's play another secret. Wait, do you guys have any advice for this dude? Because I do feel bad for him. He should quit, right? He didn't seem that I think he but... should quit, but I think he should do like, you know, a couple months of like a weed fueled bisexual fucking while he's still in the clergy because that will be hotter. Oh, right. And then quit. That's very funny because yeah. what if he does quit? He finally is like, after after his, uh, his, his rum springer or whatever, he's, <laughs> he's all done and he's like, and now I can be my true self. And the first time he like gets high and lays down with a man, he's just like, ugh, there's just no hotness or magic to this anymore. <laughs> That, that was the whole thing. He was like in that guy's dungeon, like, fuck, I want my dungeon master here. <laughs> Should we play another one? What do you think, Baron? Oh, yeah, play another one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> about this guy. All right, play another one. <clears throat> about 20 years ago, I worked in a, uh, in a small comic book store. And uh, if I ever caught a small child, a well, child, but maybe like a teenager, uh, shoplifting, I used to steal their wallets. And uh, one time I took one of their wallets and I found a $100 bill in it. So I went to a strip club later at night. Um, so I probably used someone's uh, birthday money to go see some naked chick. <laughs> Wait, kids don't have wallets, do they? <laughs> well, do we know what's it? was 20 years ago, that was the 90s, so kids had chain wallets. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't understand what he was saying. He pickpocketed them? Was yeah, he, basically. He's like a master pickpocket working at a small comic book shop. Exactly. He's like, but my fingers only fit in tiny little pockets. I mean, it's I 
When I was listening to this, I was wondering how old was he when he did this? Because this guy doesn't sound like he's super old, so maybe he was also kind of a kid when he was doing... Like he like threw them up against a, a like a wall of X-Men comics. was like, give me your wallet and I'll, or, I, or I'll call the cops. Did he I say 20 so. years ago? Yeah, yeah, he said 20 years ago. So I, I don't know, maybe he was like 19 and they were like 14. I don't know. It doesn't seem... It doesn't seem that bad for him to steal their wallet. Statutory pickpocketing. <laughs> kind of sounded like he was trying to brag a little bit. Yeah, right. He's like, oh, but he was 20. We had to be at least 18 or 21 to go to a strip club. Although that'd be funny if he wasn't. He was like, he was also 14. And he's like just sidling up like, don't worry. This is justice being enacted. It depends on if he's in Florida or not. <laughs> right. Okay, there's one. Let's, let's hear it. Let's I think play we have the last one, more? one. Yeah, let's play the last one. The last, in, uh, the last one we got. Try the dark secret. Um, this is to do with my first time taking shroom, uh, and when I did so, I was a fucking idiot and decided to do so in the middle of the day on a beach in Delaware. Um, it went really poorly. Um, I was with some friends, and in the middle of my downward spiral period, I apparently convinced myself that I was black, um, very much not black, in case that wasn't obvious, and I, uh... Then uh, proceeded to shout out that revolution to everybody on the beach at, like, the top of my lungs, uh, yelling, like, I'm black, I'm black. And um, my friends had to pin me down uh, to the ground in order to shove me up until I was eating mouthfuls of sand. It took several days to get all the sand out of my nose and ear holes. Um, and, yeah, there was a bunch of, like, demon shit and uh, ego death, and it was all around. So not a great time. Baron, com- any comment? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, please. Uh, that's the worst. It's the second worst thing I could have said. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> I In the middle of the day, he took mushrooms and believed that he was black. Mushrooms are powerful medicine, They are man. very powerful. I'm just wondering, like, spiritually, if there was something that he needed to go to blackness to find out about. I also like the idea of a man in the middle of a beach in Delaware screaming, I'm black, and everyone in Delaware being like, what? Whoa. Okay, we thought there was a black guy in Delaware. There was definitely no other black people on that beach. Everyone's like, I don't know, he could be. I mean, he's like Jennifer (laughs) Beals, I don't know. Okay, guys, should we do one more couple? How about one more couple? We'll bring one one more up. Please help us welcome up. These guys are actually familiar to us because they've called into the show before. Uh, so please help us welcome Ariel and Tom, ladies and gentlemen, from the Denver area. Here they come. Watch your step as you come up. Watch your step. Watch your step. Come on up. Keep applauding for these nice people as they make their way to the stage. Come on in. Now. Wait, the now, last woman left her purse up. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, your purse. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Assume the role of savior of the purse. Okay, so now these couple, I remember this couple. I don't remember them. I, 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 I need to be refreshed. I, I remember them because they called in and they were asking for advice for an interfaith uh, marriage. One was Jewish and one was not. Now I'm looking at you and I'm, I am dumbfounded to figure out which one is which. It's not... I can't seem to tell where the Jew is. I'm getting a strong vibe over here for sure. You actually, you look like what Hitler was thinking about the whole time. <laughs> okay, you guys, thank you for joining us. How was the wedding? How we, what do we advise you, by the way? What do we tell you to do? So you said to kind of go, oh, too far down. So you said kind of go middle of the road because we uh, used my brother as the officiant. So we did the seven blessings, which can we thank your uh, brother who hooked brother us up. Wrote- so your brother emailed me an English translation of the Seven Blessings, and that's what we had read. Oh, for those of you uh, that don't know, the Seven Blessings, the part of the ceremony is that there are seven different uh, blessings that are read. And I think the advice we, we gave to you was to take one of the blessings and do it, uh, you know, do it according to the traditions or uh, of your family and some of the bless, like sort of mix it up and make it a more multi-ethnic situation, right? Is that sort of what we said? So what we ended up doing was we happened to have seven immediate family aunts and uncles. So we took your brother's English translation and we just assigned one to each aunt and uncle mm-hmm. and they just read it during the ceremony. We and put the mic up to your mouth a little bit more. Oh, Thank sorry. You. Yeah. So we had seven people read 
one of each. I am so sorry. No, it's I all right. You guys aren't. You guys are not pros like we are. We but are that's not okay. microphone people. And um, so, so each, so you assigned each family member a blessing. They did yeah. it. And how did the wedding go? Did people love it? Yeah, I mean, we did a solid mix. We did the hora, but we did English in the summer blessings. Then we did stepping on the cup, but we had your brother be the officiant. So it was sort of balance of the two and it I don't think anyone was mad although we're getting a lot of heat about Rosh Hashanah coming up so why what are you supposed to be doing on Rosh Hashanah <laughs> we went to <laughs> we went to lunch with my parents today my so I'm the Jew hi um and so wait you're the Jew I am the Jew no fucking way hi wait a minute why are you so Jewy looking and she's like this blonde bombshell. Right, and, and way, to, way to just hold back on it, too. You're like, uh-huh, oh, Hitler was thinking of. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm over here like this Shylock over here counting coins. What the hell? I grew up Italian Catholic. Oh, you're Italian. Okay, that makes sense. Italians are just Jews with better food, basically. Okay, you're Fair. the Jew. Wow, crazy. Wow. So did you make him convert? No. No, Okay. Okay. We're there was pressure. Uh, okay, so, so, so... So the wedding worked out. Yeah, so Rosh Hashanah I was a I feel like pause. you guys are about to get a divorce. What's happening right now? So Rosh Hashanah is Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And we went to lunch with our parents today, and they were like, so, Tom, are you going to go to services? I'm going to go to the temple. And I was like, eh, probably not. No. Oh, and they didn't like that answer? <laughs> not particularly. Why didn't you That's just... That's a pretty shitty answer to the family. I mean, I hope I can make it. I don't know. I have... Then you come up with a lie. I have... Right. I mean, I do have to go to work, but, like, Catholic Mass is what? Your voice is Your voice is so deep, my pussy is wet right now. I can't... <laughs> I'm unable to listen to you. It's like... It's, I have a very deep voice, and his is like... I went to, wait, do you do cocaine by any chance? Is that... It was not me. It wasn't you. I okay. promise. So wait, wh yeah, why didn't you just say, oh yeah, we're going to go, oh, because you have to go to your temple, basically. And uh, they have to buy tickets. Uh-huh. Which I didn't, I didn't understand. I don't buy tickets to go to Christian service. We don't, service. At, at, at synagogue, we don't pass a plate around that we put money in. You instead You go into the community and take money from people's plates that they have, okay, right? Okay, but here's the thing. I'm Jewish, very Jewish. It's, I'm... And, but... But you're the Jew, Ar Ariel, is that your name? Ariel. Ariel. Ariel? Yeah. Ariel, you're the Jew, so it's like, it is kind of your responsibility to get the tickets and get the parking pass and whatever stupid <laughs> thing you need to Unfortunately, we actually have a parking pass. But I'm just saying, like, you can't put that on him, and then I think it takes a little bit of, like you know, forethought, like, okay, we're going to have lunch with my parents. If you could just, like, say that you'll be there from, like, 6 to 7 after work, and then you say, like, God, I really hope I, I can make it it's by 6.30, and you spend an hour there. Uh, no, I'm not going. I, I mean, see like, Moshe gearing up to say that it's actually at lunch, or is, is that what you're gearing up to say? What, what am I'm I going to say? I'm not going. I'm just that saying. Rosh Hashanah like, <laughs> is usually... No, I think, I think you have two options here. One is that you uh, invite them to Rosh Hashanah dinner next year. And that way you sidestep the whole synagogue conversation, right? And then you eat apples and honey. Who doesn't like fucking apples and honey? I mean, this is bear country, right? I mean, they love both of those things. So you do that. Or the other thing is you guys plan a trip on the high holidays and you say, oh, yeah, we're actually doing a Jewish meditation retreat in wherever you're going. And then just go to Japan and, fuck, fuck, you know, make all of our ancestors cry at the lack of affiliation that you have. You just know? eat a lot of pork in Japan. And yeah. Just yeah. Just I, I think those are your two options. Kate, what do you think of this? I know this lady in the Bay Area that I met in a commune that <laughs> leads leads. Uh, Jewish meditation retreats that are psychedelic and they sound pretty neat um, I'm not Jewish but I feel like anyone could enjoy that maybe you guys could do something like that together that sounds like a cool thing and don't don't mention the psychedelics to her parents yeah. but maybe next year on the high holidays you say, oh yeah we're going to this uh, special retreat and we're going to go to a retreat and take psychedelics and scream in the northern California forest I'm black I'm black I'm black <laughs> Give them a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming up. Oh, did you want... Oh, sorry. Do you want... Natasha, what do you think? Sorry. Well, you always get mad because I want to give them actual advice. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> well, I just want him to know that Judaism is superior to Catholicism. So he should be lucky 
that he has married into this beautiful religion full of all these old traditions and some of them are like really cool so maybe you could like open yourself up to it a little bit and I think that you need to like be you know be the one who's like organizing it and prepping him and not overwhelming him and you know what I'm just saying because I can sense that you're a little pissed yeah why did you say no with such a, a, a strong hand well it's not I'm going to the lunch during the day, it's just I didn't necessarily want to go to temple for three hours that morning. Right. And I, I like, don't think you should. I wouldn't do it for you. Well, I, I'm just saying see, there's the way, a way to speak about it. So. I did like how you said I'm going to the lunch. It felt very Jewy. It was like, I'm, I'm going to the lunch. I am. I am going to the lunch. Ladies and gentlemen, give them a round of applause. Thank you guys for coming up. Nice to see you again. Thank you so much. And how about a round of applause for... Hey, Baron, do you have anything you want to plug or anything? You can plug it now. Do I, th Anything that I want to plug? Um, no. No. Baron Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen. We'll plug it later. Kate Willow, what about you? Um, yeah, listen, if you want to listen to a uh, feminist socialist podcast because you like two unpopular things, um, I have <laughs> a fun podcast called Reply Guys. Thank you. Kate Willow, ladies and gentlemen. I have been Moshe Kasher. And I'm Natasha Legera. Stay away from bears, everybody. Good night. <laughs>